Don and Don from radio to real estate. They made an offer for over asking price. We did amazing. When you're ready to grab a cup of coffee and sit down with the guys, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Here's my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's uh, the Ron and Don Show, episode 144. Yeah, we're live from the Les Schwab Studios today. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. Thanks for stopping by, and we just got back from a Ron and Don sit-down. What is a Ron and Don sit-down? Yeah, if you're on your real estate journey, you're thinking, maybe it's time for me to sell. Maybe it's time for me to buy. We have a life event like a child or a retirement, something along those lines, a marriage, and we need new accommodations. That's what starts the Ron and Don sit-down. You just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. We'll have a, a conversation with you, come up with a game plan, and help you to get from here to there. It's very fulfilling, and I really enjoy it. Yeah, and we first meet online, and then we uh, come, we'll knock on your door, we'll socially distance, we'll mask up. We just did that this in uh, Puyallup today. It's a lot of fun, you guys. And don't worry about the size of the whoa, deal. Whoa, 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 Auburn. What? We were in Auburn. People in <laughs> Auburn are like, dude, do not lump me in we, with Puyallup. We, we drove. It was in Auburn. Okay. All right. We've been to Puyallup. Yeah. We've done uh, deals in Puyallup, but the Auburn people are like, whoa, Don. All right. Anyway, I'm gonna give Auburn my props. If you, to, if you want to sit down with us, ronanddonsitdown.com. And if you share that website with somebody, we'd love that too. We've got a lot of great deals closing this week, and uh, we're sitting down with a lot of people too. So we'd love to come see you. Uh, no matter where you're at. All right. Hey, uh, coming up on the Ron and Don show, we're going to talk about a Virginia state trooper uh, who may be in some trouble. Uh, after he decided to remove an African-American man who works at the Cheesecake Factory, move him from a car. You're not going to believe what he said to this guy, and he knew he's on camera at the time. And you're not going to believe what he said to the camera right before he grabbed this gentleman and yanked him out of his vehicle. Uh, we'll talk about that. Also, speaking of Virginia, uh, we're talking about a Virginia mayor. Uh, some people are saying he should resign after he has now commented and said that Joe Biden... Uh, picked, quote, Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima? Aunt Jemima? How do you say that? Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima? The old pancake syrup. Yeah. Uh, that he picked her for his running mate. Mm. So we'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later. And also, how the cherry's going to get picked in Washington State. Before we do that, though, can we just stop the program? Can we stop the show right I don't even here? I we started yet. Sure. I did something this morning. We were on a Ron and Don sit down, and I feel awfully bad about it. Did you catch me? Um, did you which see what part? Ha- did you see what happened? I didn't see what happened. It involved Charlie the dog. We had just gone. We did a Ron and Don sit down. We went over to Allison's place. We walked through. Everything went really well. We were masked up. We're going to go ahead and list this place, I believe. We went over staging and just some of the things we're going to have to uh, clean and fix. And uh, It's a beautiful, beautiful property. So anyway, uh, we're driving back, and i got to get some gas. And Charlie has to pass some gas. So I don't know if you – Charlie goes on these sit downs. We, we should say, that, by the way, Charlie is Don's dog. <laughs> So this is not another human being. Uh, yeah. This is Charlie the dog. Charlie, well, he's 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 not my dog. He's my son's dog. I love I'm, Charlie. I'm just his character. He's a cool dog. He's a very cool dog. He makes a, me want to get another dog. He's a very very cool dog. So so anyway, uh, it was time to go to the bathroom. We're at the gas station, and so I'm just thinking Charlie's going to get out. We're going to do his quick thing, and then we're back in the you car. You thought it was a number one situation. It wasn't. It and was so, a number two so, situation. So I came out. I don't have a bag. Didn't right? have a glove. Didn't have a glove. Didn't have anything. And so, Char- did you see him doing what he? I saw him. He was over there doing what he did. Did you see what I did? 
I did, and I was embarrassed for you. What do you think I did? I don't. I don't know. I don't need to think what you did. I saw what you did. What did? What did? What did you? You see? picked up a piece of garbage. Yeah. Off the ground, yes. That you had no idea where it came from, right? Or what? Who had discarded that garbage? Yeah. With a bare hand. With a bare hand. You walked over. Yeah. And you act. You did some some poop scooping theater. That's right. You saw me do it. And then you. <laughs> and I just looked the other way because I don't want to be a party to this. <laughs> Poopgate 2020. You know what? I actually looked for the poop. I wasn't sure where he went. And so I give myself 15 seconds now to look for poop. And this happens a lot. Because typically, sometimes you're on your phone and you're uh, maybe talking to a client or your mom or whatever. And I don't always pay attention where you're surfing through Facebook. Plus, I didn't. It could be. Or I are uh, looking on Bumble or something. So I didn't, I didn't expect Tinder. I didn't expect him to do what he did. Well, and when, not I, when I went back, I couldn't. Uh, not on that one. I couldn't, I couldn't, I... You could have found it. I looked. I couldn't find the poop. I tried to step in the poop. It was nowhere to be found. So I went over. I did some poop theater. How many people, have you ever done poop theater? I think a lot of people do poop theater. Every time he poops in the neighborhood, I would say I'm probably seven for 10. Uh, seven out of 10 well, times I get the poop, and, and but I'm 10 for 10 on theater. I always do the theater because I never know who's peering out their window. Right. And when somebody, when a dog takes a ha in my front yard, and by the way, my yard must have a five on Yelp. It must have five stars because every damn dog stops by and they... they, they I, I they, don't want to get they too lay, graphic. They lay it down in my yard. I so. don't want to get too graphic. There's one scenario where I will d- just can't abide. What's that? That's when the dog has eaten something oh. and it just is not the right consistency. Yeah. So when that happens, I'm out! <laughs> I apologize in advance. Do you still bend t- over though, like I did, and pretend like you're picking it up I and throwing kinda, the garbage? I will like sometimes. I did that, but like it is, you know, I have the worst sense of smell yeah. ever. Like that smell just makes me want to. Yeah. But I, I noticed, and then, and then, and then, yeah. not to call you out, but I'm going to call you out. Oh, an O'Neill vehicle should have some disinfectant wipes, or I have those. But you didn't. You did this whole poop theater thing. Oh, you're picking up someone else's garbage. Yeah, you didn't. I washed my hands. When? When I got to your house. Oh my god! You (laughs) drove in the car for like half an hour. (laughs) That was. But I didn't pick up any poop. You picked up someone else's garbage. Well, that's the, Corona garbage. The garbage need to be picked up. So that's Rona garbage right there, See bro. That? I may have not picked up the poop, but I did pick up somebody else's garbage and I threw it away. So I give myself some credit for that. Hey, uh, coming up, episode one forty four. It's the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for listening. Back in one minute, we'll talk about this Virginia State Trooper may be in trouble this afternoon for some of the things he said to a camera. This is a white officer as he was attempting to arrest. A black gentleman. We'll talk about that next. Ron and Don. Oh, on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. And you know, every time we broadcast, we're live from the Les Schwab studios. And you know what's so cool about Les Schwab? A lot of you are getting ready to hit the road again. You've taken a summer trip. Now you're taking a second summer trip before we get to school. Before you do that, make sure you stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. Get a free pre-trip safety check before you hit 
the road. Yeah, right? and tires and wheels are only two parts of the essential safety checklist. It also includes alignment, battery, brakes, and shocks. And while a lot of other tire places don't offer that, Les Schwab does. Les Schwab knows that your family's safety is riding on more than your tires. So here's a little tip I learned. You can get all of those parts checked out with a free pre trip safety check let the pros at les schwab do the visual inspection of your vehicle's safety components including alignment shocks brakes and more schedule it get a pre-trip safety check at les or stop by your local les schwab or stop by your local les schwab tire center that's les schwab doing the right thing matters when it comes to your real estate journey it truly is one of life's biggest transactions If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what Heather and Juan Carlos did. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. So now we had to sell our old house. We had to sell it because we couldn't have been able to afford, you know, paying two mortgages. And Ron and Don had already been thinking of strategies the whole time they were strategizing. What what, what will we do if this and what will we do if that? And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. And the buying process was wonderful and the selling process it felt like we were their most important project i couldn't be happier with the experience we had we all celebrated it felt like a team victory (laughs) we were all just jumping up and down don't forget when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. All right, you guys, welcome back. Episode 144, we're live from the Les Schwab Studios. Uh, This happened just last month in Virginia. And let's kind of talk through this and maybe ask ourselves if we think that this trooper did anything wrong and if he could have done this better. Uh, This is from the Washington Post. Uh, Last month, what happened, there was a gentleman, a young black gentleman, and he was driving to the Cheesecake Factory in Virginia. And he was pulled over by a female state trooper. And the female state trooper had noticed that one of the tags on his car uh, had not been updated. And you and I have all done that. And it's not, you can't get arrested and be thrown in jail for that, but you can be fined. And it's also one of the reasons why, and state troopers use this as a tool, it's a tool for them to pull you over and typically see if something else is going on. And anyone that tells you any cop that tells you that when they walk up into a to a car and and they say that they detect marijuana and they're not using that as a tool or a tactic, they are. They are using that as a tool or tactic. Do they always smell marijuana? No. Do they always smell alcohol? No. Do they have the right to lie to you? They do. And so what they will do is they'll tell you they're up to something when really they're looking in your car and they may be looking for something else. I just want to point out the interesting thing to me in this, this incident, the original incident happened in 2019. The original video happened in 2019. The circumstance and the climate of America in thinking about these events has changed since George Floyd. So the review and the investigation is starting uh, within the last month or so. And so now 
were looking back at a video and a traffic stop in 2019 through the lens of the Black Lives Matter movement after George Floyd, because in this incident, you also have someone putting a knee on a neck. And um, I think that it's it's prophetic in a way because it happened before George Floyd. But now we're reviewing the video after George. Floyd. So his name is Derek Thompson. Derek gets pulled over in Virginia. He gets pulled over by a female trooper. Uh, she feels like she needs help because he's not going to get out of the car. Uh, and so she feels like she's detected marijuana. So she calls for backup. Two other troopers show up. And one of them is a big, big trooper. And his name is Trooper Hewitt. And you can tell this guy is yoked. He's a bit of a bodybuilder. I mean, he is a big, big man. He has tattoos on his forearms. And he is rather menacing. And I think he knows that he's menacing. He's, he's a menacing-looking dude. But do we have the right to judge him on the basis of tattoos and looking menacing? Because in the Black Lives Matter movement, people don't want to be judged for the way that they look. And uh, so maybe we have to be careful. So can I clarify? Let me make sure I understand. So he gets pulled over for a traffic stop. Derek Thompson by a female trooper. And she, she says she smells marijuana. Yes. And then she wants him to get out of the car. Won't get he, out. He doesn't want to get out of the car. Right. He feels he's... He, he so feels, she calls for backup. Yeah. He has no contraband, he says. And so he feels like he has the right to stay in the car and, and doesn't want to get out of the so car. So he feels like, I, I, if you want to write me a ticket for a traffic stop, so be it. He doesn't say that. No. He, but he turns his phone on. Okay. And he is looking at the phone and he starts to address the phone. Uh, Trooper Hewitt then arrives 10 minutes later with backup. Now there's three troopers at the car. Uh, and he asks Mr. Thompson for his identification, and he refuses to give it, and he says, as a taxpayer, I don't have to give it to you. And the trooper looks at him, and he said, you know what? You pay about 40% or 40 cents. You pay about 40 cents of state taxes, right? And, of course, this trooper has no information regarding what Mr. Thompson does, what his taxable income is. So it appears like maybe there's a shot there, right? And then the trooper urges Mr. Thompson to cooperate. And at one point he says, quote, brother, how do you think this is going to end? Uh, Close quote. And Mr. Thompson then, he reiterates that he believes that the search would be an illegal one. And from what we see on the tape... He is very respectful, uh, but he doesn't want to get out of the car. So then at one point, this trooper, he turns to the camera and he says to this video, he says, you know what? You're lucky because you got the coolest cop in the whole nation. Uh, I'm the coolest. I'm the calmest. I'm the most collected cop because I ain't even trying to be here or to do that to you, man. I don't know what that means. I I don't either. I watched the tape, though. Uh, Well, you watch the shortened version. There's two longer versions of this. So we just watched the shortened version uh, together. So anyway, he tries then to get in the driver's side. This trooper does. He's trying to unlock the doors and pull him out of the car. Mr. Thompson says, you can't do that, sir. And then he explains to the camera, which is sitting on the dash now, that the officer is trying to unlock my car. He's trying to unlock my car. He's trying to illegally... Uh, remove me from my car. He's trying to forcefully remove me from the car. And again, the whole time, he's being disrespectful. Here's what Trooper Hewitt says. Who's being disrespectful? What's that? Who's being disrespectful? The driver? or The, the driver's being re- respectful. I'm sorry, oh, not disrespectful. Really. Okay. Yeah, it, it, at least from the tape that I looked at. Uh, then, <laughs> Trooper Hewitt says, take a look at me, man. 
I'm an effing specimen right here, buddy. And you're on my last nerve right now, all right? Thompson then places his hands in the air in front of him, pointing to the camera that he's no threat to the trooper. You're going to get your ass whooped in front of the blanking Lord and all of God's creation, the trooper tells him. And now the trooper is looking into the camera and making comments to the camera. So the trooper knows that he's on camera at this point. Uh, and again, this is two, 2019, though, so George Floyd has not happened yet, to your point, Ron. Uh, Thompson says, I'm being framed. I'm being framed right here. Uh, the trooper says, I'm going to give you one more chance. You can bring that with you, and you can film the whole thing. He says, I'm not doing anything, and he was pointing to the phone at the time. Hewitt says, Trooper Hewitt, I'm giving you a chance. He repeats this several times. Thompson continues to hold his hands up in the air. Uh, he says, I'm no threat to any of these three troopers. I've just been threatened by a law officer. As two other officers stand by, they say absolutely nothing, Thompson says. At one point, he does ask one of the troopers for his name and badge number, and this trooper says, I forgot. Uh, another trooper just completely ignores him. And Mr. Thompson continues, uh, I'm just making uh, it known that I am not resisting. As Thompson continues talking to the camera, Hewitt reaches across him. He unbuckles his seatbelt. When he puts his hand on Thompson's arm, the driver bristles at being touched. Please do not touch me, sir. Uh, Trooper Hewitt points to the camera and tells Thompson to get his phone out. Please do not touch me, sir. See now, that's where we come to a disagreement, the trooper says, before suddenly escalating the situation. I'm going to give you to the count of three, he shouts at Thompson, pointing a finger inches from the man's face. Thompson ignores him, telling the camera he's not touching the trooper. Don't do it. Don't do it, Hewitt tells him. And again, looking into the camera, get out of the car right now. My hand is on my head, Thompson says. I'm being threatened. Now you're under arrest, Hewitt tells him. Now you're under arrest for disobeying an officer. Disobeying? I was unlawfully detained. Hewitt begins counting down. One, two, three, he says. Then he looks into the camera with a grin. Watch the show, folks. And he grabs him and he rips him out of the car and then you can hear some more tape Thompson's on the ground Trooper Hewitt he says is kneeling on him and there's a conversation that they continue uh, to happen on the ground this particular trooper now uh, as a result of these videos being released is being investigated uh, uh, by the Virginia State Troopers themselves and I also imagine they'll bring in another organization here what, what, do, you, what do you see here and how could this be handled differently and okay. how should have this been happened. so there there's two things going on and, and i want to try to um address both one is the technicality of this particular traffic stop so you have this thing and then you also have the cultural overlay so now looking back through the lens of george floyd on this this videotape and uh, racism black lives matter being disproportionately stopped while driving while black you have so there's two things going on and so first let's just take the actual traffic stop i don't know what the virginia training is for a traffic stop and so there are rules of engagement and rules of escalation that these particular people were trained in and so one of them there, there will be the argument that is made that if i stop you for a traffic infraction and i i smell marijuana then certain things can happen so can you be detained and arrested for that in the state of virginia maybe 
maybe I'm like I don't I, I don't I don't know if, if marijuana is legal there I don't think that it is and so if you there are certain rules of behavior if they felt like this was a lawful traffic stop and by the way they found no contraband no marijuana none of that was in the car so. right so but I mean he could have you know if he did smell like it or whatever like as you said they could have been using it as a ruse who knows it's a tool yeah. so um can you arrest somebody in a traffic stop if they refuse to give you identification, if they refuse to comply with the traffic stop? Yeah. Like, that's a scenario. If I get pulled over, you get pulled over, and the officer, we're on the side of, of 167, and he says, show me your identification, and we refuse, and we lock the door. It's not true. If we get pulled over, and you and I were just driving on 167, and an officer comes to the door and wants to see my license because I'm driving the vehicle. And I, I asked a trooper about this uh, who patrols 167 two weeks ago. I said, do I, have to give, do I have to give my license? Yes. And, and show my identification. Do you? Absolutely not. No, so that's what I'm saying. So you're passionate you, in the car. You, you, don't have, you, don't, you don't have to do any of that. If you refuse. So you're the as driving the driver. The vehicle, as the driver. As the and driver. you refused. Is there a likelihood that you could be arrested? Yes. Well, you, and you, just because you're pulled out of a car, and, the, and that's where the rules of engagement, when you go hands-on, we have to figure this out. Because sometimes what you'll tell someone is, hey, I just want to put you in handcuffs for my safety and your safety. So let's just do that. Let's all be safe. And that's what a lot of officers, that's what a lot of troopers do. Right. So I'm saying... The technicalities of this particular traffic stop could be within the rules of engagement. You you could like could there, be, could be, no. there could be there could be a board of review that looks at this and say you pulled him over for a valid reason. It was his, his the, the ticket is expired. Troopers are encouraged to pe- pull people right, his over plates is, with, his with the decals expired. Yeah, so it's like you could there could be a line that we follow that says it was a valid traffic stop. He did not give you proper identification. You uh, had reason to suspect um, that there was possible marijuana, and he he re- didn't comply, and so he was arrested. So you could say that. Now the particulars of how the behavior went down and how the video plays that's an entirely separate issue in my mind now we're moving away from the technicalities and the you know the splitting of hairs and now we're talking about how does this appear to the general public it appears horrible it appears like a black man being very passive and being compliant and speaking into his phone because he's fearful and you have a, a yoked white guy, as you call it, being very aggressive and pulling him out of the car and, and having a sense of glee about it. That's how the tape appears. So it's really between a rock and a hard place here. We're paying or the state of Virginia is paying these people to enforce the law. Paying troopers. Paying troopers. Yeah, and they're, they, and they're, they're out collecting money for the state of Virginia. Let's not forget. And same same right. here in the state of Washington. I mean, there, there's a reason why they call state troopers glorified meter maids with badges and guns. Do I feel that way? I don't. But some troopers that work here feel that way. They feel sometimes that they're forced to go out and get Just a DUI. write a bunch of tickets. They have, they have scoreboards. They have DUI scoreboards. And and everyone's trying to score on that scoreboard. So, so um, this particular traffic stop depending on how they've been trained could have been exactly textbook could have been textbook there there is there is uh, to my knowledge in the officers and you might know better than me i've talked to officers that say there are situations where i want to drop f-bombs 
where yep. I want to speak in a way that's going to connect with this particular person I'm dealing when with. When you had a Seattle police officer a number of years ago say, I'm going to beat the Mexican piss out of you, homie. Right. That's what he was doing. He was matching language for language. Right. Is, and is so the way part that he, of the... That is the way that he would explain there's it. There's a thing called uh, verbal judo. Gang, he was dealing was, with gang members and he's a, a gang unit cop. So. Right. So there, you know, the language that was used in this thing, while when you take it out of context and just watch a YouTube video, might appear off-putting by cultural standards, it could be well within the training of the state of Virginia. How it plays culturally now for that officer and for that department is horrible. So you have a public relations situation uh, as in, in a messaging situation as much as the technicality of that traffic stop. So should the training be changed? Should there be a different modality that these guys can go into uh, where it's like, okay, this person, it is a traffic stop. It doesn't appear to be violent in nature. Um, do we want to escalate this? And so that's the rub that we're up against. There are certain officers that want compliance. Yeah, and let's talk about how complicated this is because now we'll look in the rearview mirror. The gentleman driving the car didn't hire an attorney, didn't file a formal complaint or any kind of complaint against this trooper. There was never a complaint against him. He also went to court and pled guilty for obstruction of justice. Uh, the gentleman in the car who got pulled out of the car. Uh, and also when they went to court, they found there was no contraband. He was on a suspended license, we found out afterwards. And then we also find out that that decal in the back uh, was expired. But this is what happens a lot of times when you're driving while black. Because it would be interesting to go back and find out why that license was suspended. And a lot of times these licenses are suspended because these guys are hung up in court. Uh, they don't have the money to go hire an attorney. You're so, missing days of work to go down to the court, and yeah. there's there's been a lot it's, of studies just, on that. It's, it's so just snowballs. It's, it, it, it's a complete snowball here. I go back and I look at this trooper, and there was a point for me where he just crossed a professional line. It seemed like he was enjoying it. It seemed like he was picking on this His man. ego got involved. It seems like... Yeah, his, his ego is bigger than his gun show, and th this guy has a tremendous gun show. He really does. Uh, I talked to a trooper about this the other day, and he's a black trooper, and I said, how long does it take you to get someone out of a car? He goes, you know what, Don? I got all day. He goes, they, they, they pay me to be out here 8 to 12 hours a day if I'm on a 12-hour shift, and then it just goes into overtime. He goes, I have all day. I'm in no rush to get anyone out of the car. I'm in absolutely no rush. And we can sit there and we can talk and we can have a conversation. I am not in any kind of rush here. And I think what this trooper, what, what, what he was trying to do is he was trying to take over the situation in front of this female trooper who called and said, hey, I need someone here to come here and help me with and the I situation. Don't, I don't blame her. And she, well, she doesn't step backup. to the door, though, and she's not handling the situation. She lets this guy come in and handle the situation. I'm wondering if maybe she could have handled the situation a little bit better. Now, I never blame a cop for calling for backup. I, 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 but then this cop, I don't know what it's like to be in this, that situation. This cop comes in then, and, and then he takes over. And at the point, you look in the camera and you say, "Watch the show, folks." Yeah, we watch the show, folks. And as a result of that, now watch your badge and gun be taken away. I'm pro cop. I'm not pro bully cop. And to me, this trooper, he's stone cold bully. He's Ron. I'm Don. It's episode 144, the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. 
you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, uh, let's finish up episode 144 of the Ron and Don Show. We've talked a little bit about poop theater, which, uh, hey, I'm a big part of it. And I give myself 15 seconds, and if I can't find it, it's poop theater. And you know you do it too, right? Also talked a little bit about the the state trooper, and I think maybe having, I, I think what we're seeing now across the country, we need some unified policies about uh, how we're going to handle policing in America today. Finally, before we get out of here, uh, there's a Virginia mayor who uh, has been asked to resign back to Virginia after President Biden uh, decided... Vice, Vice President Biden. Or Vice President Biden. Maybe soon to be. Well, it was a Freudian slip. Uh, he, he decided that he was going to pick an African-American congresswoman from the great state of California to be his running mate. And as a result of this, this particular mayor said it looks like Vice President Biden pick Aunt Jemima uh, to be his running mate. In the current climate, how does a guy like that not hide his racism better? Well, for his constituents, that might play well. Hmm. Like the, his his voters might like that. Like there's a group of people that cheer when Donald Trump calls Mexicans rapists. You know, they're there. So like he might be speaking right to his voter block where they on their face wouldn't say that in, in at a dinner party. But when they're at home, like, yeah, I totally agree. And so Donald Trump's already called uh, Kamala Harris nasty. And I need to probably practice on how she likes to have her name pronounced because I've heard it pronounced several ways. Um, uh, so he's already calling her nasty. So interesting to me, the only woman in, of newsmakers of recently that Donald Trump has not disparaged was the child sex traffic friend of uh, Jeffrey Epstein with there's dozens of photographs with him uh, together with Epstein Epstein Maxwell I think her name is yeah so she's like oh I wish her well like that was his comment towards her but a sitting US congressperson is nasty so it's it's, it's interesting how these branding names come out it it's also going to be interesting after, after this election cycle and people that are counting out President Trump, they shouldn't. They should not count out President Trump uh, and his base. He's making moves for voter suppression right now by yeah. defunding the, or, or holding back funding to the Postal Service. It's interesting. We, we have gone through a real trauma in this country, and it's almost like the trauma we experienced after World War One, And it's the reason why when the world called, we're like, we're not coming back for World War II. Uh, and then Pearl Harbor happened. And that changed everything. What kind of trauma do you think we as a nation, after this cycle, this election cycle, what kind of trauma do you think we're going to have to heal from here? Because you and I were just talking in a car. Here we go into a winter. You may have no pro sports. You don't have college sports. Kids aren't going to school. They're staying at home. Here in Seattle, sun goes down at 3.30 if it ever comes up. Uh, it's going to be rain. Are we going to be able to ski? Are we going to be able to get out and get outdoors? We haven't had a winter with COVID-19 and also with such a bitter election cycle that we're facing right now. Uh, and that's my real concern is we sit here in the summer months. We have some sunshine today. That really helps my mindset, and I don't know about you. Uh, but as I'm thinking about my family, uh, my son, my dog, just 
what's it going to look like as we head into the fall and winter? And also just as a nation, how are we going to heal from this? So, you know, honestly, the first thing that I thought of when you said that is, is we need to rein in the echo chambers of social media. I think that the more I think about it, this ability of everyone to completely isolate yourself into the bubble and um, only get the information that makes it us and them. I, I was actually I was watching a Ricky Gervais show the other other night and the comedian and he said forever we've had the thing where my opinion versus your opinion and we can debate our opinions. He says now it's changed into your opinion versus facts and your belief versus facts and he's like y- you can choose your belief but you can't choose your facts and and i really agree with him and so right now we're in a situation because of how we've all coalesced online most of most of the time where we're choosing our facts hmm. and that i think needs to be reined in and we see it and you look no further than this covid situation and masks and all of these things where People are choosing sides, and, and you just mentioned Joe Biden. They just made their first appearance wearing black masks, uh, which is a stark contrast. Now it's become politicized. Oh, well, the Democrats are wearing masks and the Republicans are not. Uh, we have a sheriff in Florida that's ordering his deputies to not wear masks as a, as a political show. Uh, you have uh, all the rallies. We can go on and on and on. So they're trying to choose their facts. In one of the hottest, most active COVID counties in America, you're making a deliberate act to tell your employees to not to not be safe. Yeah, the sheriff down there. So, so like, I, I think that to me, if we're going to get over the trauma, is we need to move beyond this us and them. I get to choose my facts. You get to choose yours. And also the thing that is astounding that just happened in the last week to 10 days, there is a person that won their primary, and I don't know it off the top of my head, that's an avid QAnon person. A conspiracy theory that there's this secret society that's controlling government uh, and vaccines right now and that all these people are involved and everything's there's a secret government person that's giving out coded information uh, this person believes that and they've won their primary the vote there they don't hide it they publicize that they are part of QAnon and they won yeah so, like, the fact that that just happened in America should run shivers down everyone's spine. That, and, and that you have the, the sitting president tweeting affirmation to people in politics that believe there is a, a coordinated conspiracy theory controlling vaccines. Yeah, this is what I would encourage people to do. Uh, because I'm curious about people that don't think like I do. And, and so what, what I'm trying to do is at least one time a day is I reach out to someone on social media who, who's in my circle that I can see that we disagree on some things, and I'll just ask a curious question about something that they posted. What's really interesting is all the people that copy and paste and copy and paste and copy and paste, and they're copy and pasting things that other people have written. When you really ask them what they feel, oftentimes it's not even close to the reflection of things that they're copy and pasting. Sometimes they don't even know what those things mean. Uh, and I... I I would encourage everyone, if you're going to copy and paste something that somebody else wrote that you feel really strongly about, there's still an opportunity for you as you're copy and pasting, not to just blindly copy and paste and send it out in the world. This! But then take a moment and write about why do you feel 
Why are you copying and pasting something that somebody else wrote? And oftentimes people will say, well, I, I don't have the gift of writing or expression or whatever. We'll work on that because we can all write and we can all express. And I'm really interested not in what you're copying and pasting, but if you're copying and pasting, why are you copying and pasting that? And why do you feel so strongly about that? And I've noticed that I've had some really good discussions. Maria, who works in our office, uh, we've been talking a lot about police accountability and things that are happening in Seattle. She has some really good ideas. Uh, and she's one of our Windermere agents. And there's some things that she thinks that I don't agree with at all. But we've had some really good exchanges because we're listening to each other. And I learned something from her just yesterday about something that she expressed online as we were having this conversation back and forth. And then other people jumped into the conversation. And it was a really nice conversation. And we were having a really tough conversation. But it's because we weren't having gotcha moments. We weren't copy and pasting. You're not right and I'm wrong or I'm wrong. and you're. Wrong. But, but people were actually listening to each other. I'll give you the final word on that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be gird yourself because we are in a sort of fragile situation with COVID. The next few months to, down the road to November are going to be brutal in terms of the pandemic. And then also politics is going to get messy. Like if the if the opening shot is you're nasty, it's only going downhill from there. So for me, like my choice right now is I am going to zoom out. Hmm. I'm not I'm choosing to not follow the micro movements of this election. Hmm. I will not be uh, like I did eight years ago or whenever it was. I am not going to be following Nate Silver's algorithm on a daily basis mm -hmm. i am going to zoom out i don't care if it's 28 percent today and tomorrow it's 32 percent. don't care mm -hmm. because that is not going to contribute to my well-being yeah like I, I i'm having to put effort into just living a life right now mm -hmm. in this whole situation and so I, I don't need that overlay in my life uh, I am not going to be logging on to Facebook and going through everybody's feed and jump. Like, I, I probably would love that conversation you had. I'm not going to do it for me right now. Mm -hmm. um, in normal times, I would probably love to jump in that sandbox and play around. To this this go round, it's not for me, and so I love that that you're in that space and and more power to you. But for me, like that's my final say. I'm going to make a concerted effort to take care of me. Uh, I know what I believe, and I'm not a guy that just has to copy and paste. Um, I, I've worked hard at, at coming up with my worldview, and so I can articulate that. And you appreciate other people's worldviews. And I do. Yeah, you do a good job. So I'm going to, that may not agree. I'm going to sit in that space. Um, when I can contribute, I will. I'm not going to seek out any battles right now. I just I don't have the energy. I don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. I don't think it's a, a, a wise investment of my time. And so I am going to kind of, in a sense, uh, sit out the micro battles and try to win the war. I've really tried to sit in space, and, and I just end up falling down, so I'm just using a chair now. <laughs> He's Ron, I'm Don. You keep your head up, you keep your shoulders back. That's episode 144, and don't forget, we are licensed realtors at Windermere. So just reach out to us if you need to sit down, if you're starting that real estate journey, you're upsizing, downsizing, right-sizing, just reach out, out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. Thank you for listening, you guys. Thanks for giving us great lives. We'll see you next time for episode 145, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see 
you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thank you.